precious word to the book of Second Chronicles. And tonight uh, we look at the last section uh, in chapter 32 uh, dealing with the life of King Hezekiah. Um, Second Chronicles chapter 32 begin in verse 24 to the end of the chapter. Hear now the word of the living God. In those days Hezekiah became sick and was at the point of death, and he prayed to the Lord. And he answered him and gave him a sign. But Hezekiah did not make return according to the benefit done to him, for his heart was proud. Therefore wrath came upon him and Judah and Jerusalem. But Hezekiah humbled himself for the pride of his heart, both he and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, so that the wrath of the Lord did not come upon them in the days of Hezekiah. And Hezekiah had very great riches and honor, and he made for himself treasuries for silver, for gold, for precious stones, for spices, for shields, and for all kinds of costly vessels, storehouses also for the yield of grain, wine, and oil, and stalls for all kinds of cattle and sheepfolds. He likewise provided cities for himself and flocks and herds in abundance, for God had given him very great possessions. This same Hezekiah closed the upper outlet of the waters of Gihon, and directed them down to the west side of the city of David. And Hezekiah prospered in all his works, and so in the manner of the envoys of the princes of Babylon, who had been sent to him to inquire about the sign that had been done in the land. God left him to himself in order to test him and to know all that was in his heart. Now the rest of the acts of Hezekiah and his good deeds, behold, they are written in the vision of Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos, in the book of the kings of Judah and Israel. And Hezekiah slept with his fathers, and they buried him in the upper part of the tombs of the sons of David. And all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem did him honor at his death, and Manasseh, his son, reigned in his place. And then if you'll turn with me in the book of Second Kings, uh, we'll read the parallel account. Second Kings chapter 20. Beginning in verse 1. In those days Hezekiah became sick and was at the point of death. And Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos, came to him and said to him, Thus says the Lord, Set your house in order, for you shall die. You shall not recover. Then Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and prayed to the Lord, saying, Now, O Lord, please remember how I have walked before you in faithfulness and with a whole heart, 
and have done what is good in your sight. And Hezekiah wept bitterly. And before Isaiah had gone out of the middle court, the word of the Lord came to him, Turn back and say to Hezekiah, the leader of my people, Thus says the Lord, the God of David, your father, I have heard your prayer. I have seen your tears. Behold, I will heal you. On the third day you shall go up to the house of the Lord, and I will add fifteen years to your life. I will deliver you in this city out of the hand of the king of Assyria, and I will defend this city for my own sake and for my servant David's sake. And Isaiah said, Bring a cake of figs and let them take and lay it on the boil, that he may recover. And Hezekiah said to Isaiah, What shall be the sign that the Lord will heal me, and that I shall go up to the house of the Lord on the third day? And Isaiah said, This shall be the sign to you from the Lord, that the Lord will do the thing that he has promised. Shall the shadow go forward ten steps or go back ten steps? And Hezekiah answered, It is an easy thing for the shadow to lengthen ten steps. Rather, let the shadow go back ten steps. And Isaiah the prophet called to the Lord. And he brought the shadow back ten steps by which it had gone down on the steps of Ahaz. At that time, Merodach Baladan, the son of Baladan, king of Babylon, sent envoys with letters and a present to Hezekiah. For he heard that Hezekiah had been sick. And Hezekiah welcomed them, and he showed them all his treasure house, the silver, the gold, the spices, the precious oil, his armory, all that was found in his storehouses. There was nothing in his house or in all his realm that Hezekiah did not show them. And then Isaiah the prophet came to King Hezekiah and said to him, What did these men say? And from where did they come to you? And Hezekiah said, They have come from a far country from Babylon. He said, what have they seen in your house? And Hezekiah answered, they have seen all that is in my house. There is nothing in my storehouses that I did not show them. And then Isaiah said to Hezekiah, hear the word of the Lord. Behold, the days are coming when all that is in your house and that which your fathers have stored up till this day shall be carried to Babylon. Nothing shall be left, says the Lord, and some of your own sons who will come from you, whom you will father, shall be taken away, and they shall be eunuchs in the palace of the king of Babylon. Then Hezekiah said to Isaiah, the word of the Lord that you have spoken is good, for he thought, why not if there will be peace and security in my days? The rest of the deeds of Hezekiah and all his might and how he made the pool and conduit and brought water into the city, are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the kings of Judah? And Hezekiah slept with his fathers, and Manasseh his son reigned in his place. And then in the book of Isaiah, 
chapter 38. We'll begin reading in verse 1. In those days Hezekiah became sick and was at the point of death. And Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amoz, came to him and said to him, Thus says the Lord, Set your house in order, for you shall die. You shall not recover. And then Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and prayed to the Lord and said, Please, O Lord, remember how I have walked before you in faithfulness and with a whole heart and have done what is good in your sight. And Hezekiah wept bitterly. And then the word of the Lord came to Isaiah, Go and say to Hezekiah, Thus says the Lord, the God of David, your father, I have heard your prayer. I have seen your tears. Behold, I will add 15 years to your life. I will deliver you and this city out of the hand of the king of Assyria and will defend this city. This shall be the sign to you from the Lord that the Lord will do this thing that he has promised. Behold, I will make the shadow cast by the declining sun on the dial of Ahaz turn back ten steps. So the sun turned back on the dial the ten steps by which it had declined. A writing of Hezekiah, king of Judah, after he had been sick and had recovered from his sickness. I said, in the middle of my days I must depart. I am consigned to the gates of Sheol for the rest of my years. I said, I shall not see the Lord, the Lord in the land of the living. I shall look on man no more among the inhabitants of the world. My dwelling is plucked up and removed from me like a shepherd's tent, like a weaver. I have rolled up my life. He cuts me off from the loom. From day to night you bring me to an end. I calm myself until morning. Like a lion he breaks all my bones. From day to night you bring me to an end. Like a swallow or a crane I chirp. I moan like a dove. My eyes are weary with looking upward. O Lord, I am oppressed. Be my pledge of safety. What shall I say? For he has spoken to me, and he himself has done it. I walk slowly all my years because of the bitterness of my soul. O Lord, by these things men live, and in all these is the life of my spirit. O restore me to health and make me live. Behold, it was... For my welfare that I had great bitterness, but in love you have delivered my life from the pit of destruction. You have cast all my sins behind your back. For Sheol does not thank you, death does not praise you. Those who go down to the pit do not hope for your faithfulness. The living, the living, he thanks you as I do this day. The Father makes known to the children your faithfulness. The Lord will save me, and we will play my music on stringed instruments all the days of our lives at the house of the Lord. Now Isaiah had said, let them take a cake of figs and apply it to the boil, that he may recover. Hezekiah also said, what is the sign that I shall go up to the house of the Lord? At that time, Merodach Baladan, the son of Baladan, king of Babylon, sent envoys with letters 
and a present to Hezekiah, for he heard that he had been sick and had recovered. And Hezekiah welcomed them gladly, and he showed them his treasure house, the silver, the gold, the spices, the precious oil, his whole armory, all that was found in his storehouses. There was nothing in his house or in all his realm that Hezekiah did not show them. Then Isaiah the prophet came to King Hezekiah and said to him, What did these men say? And from where did they come to you? Hezekiah said, They have come to me from a far country, from Babylon. He said, What have they seen in your house? Hezekiah answered, They have seen all that is in my house. There is nothing in my storehouses that I did not show them. Then Isaiah said to Hezekiah, Hear the word of the Lord of hosts. Behold, the days are coming when all that is in your house and that which your fathers have stored up till this day shall be carried to Babylon. Nothing shall be left, says the Lord. And some of your own sons who will come from you, whom you will father, shall be taken away, and they shall be eunuchs in the palace of the king of Babylon. And then Hezekiah said to Isaiah, the word of the Lord that you have spoken is good, for he thought there will be peace and security in my days. Let's pray. Blessed Lord, we ask that you would come by your spirit now, and as we prayed earlier, that you would take this, your very word, the sword that comes out of your mouth, Lord Jesus, and you would wield it this evening, Lord, to defend us uh, from evil, the evil one, from the evil that would arise within our own hearts, from the evil forces uh, in this world. And Lord Jesus, that you would fix our eyes upon you and that we would see your beauty anew this night and be drawn to love and adore you. Lord, that you would set our hearts on guard lest we stumble like this godly man did many years ago. Oh Lord, we beg that you would give us grace to be humble before you. Deliver us, O Lord, from the sneaky, insidious sin of pride. And we make our prayer to you, the only God who is real and true, the living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, in the name of the only mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who came and took on human flesh, the eternal Son of God who laid down your life upon the cross and came forth from the tomb on the third day. Lord God, fix our eyes on you, we beg. In Jesus we pray, amen. Well, uh, of all the examples of uh, the godly kings that we have, Hezekiah 
really does stand out in an amazing way. Um, and yet, at the uh, end of this section now, uh, in the book of Second Chronicles, in the record that we have in Kings, and this section that we read in the book of Isaiah, we have this startling uh, uh, record uh, of, of this godly man stumbling badly. Um, in Second Chronicles, we have a, a shortened version, a summary. And so that's going to be our outline. And uh, let's look at this together and see what uh, God would teach us uh, from the life of this godly king. Uh, who stumbled and yet uh, was restored by the grace of God. In verse 24, in those days, Hezekiah became sick and was at the point of death. Now, if you will turn back with me to chapter 29, um, you can see uh, that Hezekiah was 25 years old and he reigned 29 years in Jerusalem. And so you can do the math. Um, he was in the 14th year of his reign uh, when this happened. And 25 and 14, he's 39 years old or had just turned 40 years old. Um, he is a young man. In a very real sense, he is in his prime. Um, God had done a mighty work of announcing through the prophet Isaiah uh, that he would be rescued from uh, uh, this blasphemous, wicked king, Sennacherib, uh, the king of Assyria. Um, Bible... Uh, uh, students, commentators, pastors uh, are uh, uh, differing about exactly when this event took place, whether it was right before uh, uh, the angel of uh, uh, God's mighty power went and slew the 185,000 soldiers that we read about, or, or whether it was shortly after that, but before Sennacherib uh, was murdered uh, when he went back to his home. Whatever the case, um, God had stricken Hezekiah. He became sick. All we know from these texts is, in those days, uh, a general statement. Uh, that during this period of time uh, uh, of turmoil, that Hezekiah became sick. And it was no uh, uh, passing sickness. It was a sickness that was taking him uh, uh, quickly uh, from being a strong, vibrant, energetic uh, young man uh, in his prime uh, to uh, being someone who was gravely sick, even to the point of death. And what we know from our text in Second Chronicles, in those days Hezekiah became sick and was at the point of death. 
Now, 2 Kings chapter 20 and Isaiah chapter 38 add more details for us and expand this that while he was sick, God sent the prophet Isaiah. And Isaiah comes with a message from Almighty God. It was the same Isaiah who had come with the message of hope and comfort. Uh, as Sennacherib has uh, said, I am going to destroy this city. Your God can't deliver you. He's just like all of these other pagan gods. And you remember that Hezekiah had gone into the uh, uh, temple to seek the face of the Lord and laid that blasphemous letter uh, that uh, King Sennacherib had written in which he said uh, that the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob was like all of the other pagan deities uh, that he had destroyed and taken their lands. And Hezekiah had prayed, Lord, make it known that you alone are God and that you are not like all of these other uh, pagan so-called gods. Uh, they are the figments of men's imaginations, but you are the true and the living God. Uh, this Isaiah now comes with uh, these startling words. Set your house in order, for you shall die, you shall not recover. Thus says the Lord. Wow. And so uh, what we know from these texts is that Hezekiah, he was in bed. Evidently, he was so sick that he was not able to be up and about. Um, but he turned his face to the wall. Uh, he uh, did so. We are not told exactly why. Whether he wanted privacy or whether that was the direction that the temple uh, would be in, whatever the case, he turned his face to the wall and he prayed and he wept before the Lord. His prayer is an interesting prayer. He said, Now, O Lord, please remember how I have walked before you in faithfulness and with a whole heart, and have done what is good in your sight. And we know from the summary and the testimony of the Lord uh, in these texts of Holy Scripture that Hezekiah is uh, recorded as a godly king, a faithful king, uh, one who looked uh, to the Christ. He was one who, in his testimony uh, that we read in Isaiah uh, chapter 38, uh, he was one who says, Lord, uh, my hope is that you have cast my iniquities uh, from you. Uh, he uh, says, Lord, here is my plea. Uh, I have sought to be faithful to you. I have sought to honor you. Uh, Lord, have mercy. Now, O oh Lord, please remember now I've walked before you in faithfulness and with a whole heart and have done what is good in your sight. And Hezekiah wept bitterly. Uh, the literal Hebrew there, he wept 
with great weeping. Uh, that's what the Hebrew literally says. He wept a great weeping. Um, he uh, poured his heart out to the Lord. Well, before Isaiah had even left the palace, he was in the middle court. Uh, he hadn't even gotten to the uh, uh, outer court of the palace. The Lord said, Isaiah, I have another message for you. I want you to go back. Turn back and say to Hezekiah, the leader of my people, thus says the Lord, the God of David, your father. Now, David had been dead for many, many years. Uh, David was long gone from the scene. Over 250 years had passed. And yet, it is uh, the promises that God had made uh, to his servant David that he would establish David's house and that a king would always sit upon David's throne. And it is the reminder that in the fullness of time, uh, God would send a redeemer. And that redeemer is none other than the Lord Jesus Christ. But in these days, God is reminding Hezekiah the basis upon which he shows mercy uh, is not Hezekiah's righteousness. It is not Hezekiah's perfect life. And this text that we are looking at tonight is a huge exclamation point on that truth on that reality, that Hezekiah, and you can put your name in there and my name in there, none of us stand on the basis of our own righteousness, but we stand only by the grace of God. Hezekiah, I have heard your prayer. I have seen your tears. Behold, I will heal you. That's the message now that Isaiah the prophet comes uh, to this king who is laid so low. God announces, I've heard your prayer. I've seen your tears. Behold, I will heal you. On the third day, you shall go up to the house of the Lord. And it is fascinating to see the prominent place in this record of this little phrase on the third day him being blessed of almighty God and privileged to go again to the house of the Lord. Uh, here is God's promise to him that not only would he be healed but he would be healed quickly. He would be restored to a measure of strength that on the third day he would be blessed to be able to go to the house of the Lord. How striking that is, because it was that very house that of all the treasures that Hezekiah is going to show to the envoys from Babylon, he tragically, wickedly, is puffed up with pride and forgets the treasure of treasures. 
and shows these envoys everything but the fountain of all his blessing. The pearl of great price. He does not boast of his God who had blessed him with all of these material possessions and his armory and all of the wealth that he had. No, he is puffed up with pride. Well, our text in Second Chronicles, if you'll turn back with me, Verse 24, in those days Hezekiah became sick and was at the point of death and he prayed to the Lord and he answered him and gave him a sign. Now this sign was indeed a a marvelous sign. It was a supernatural work that God did, a miracle. Uh, The sun, it keeps rising and setting on a regular basis. Um, people might assume that it, it happens uh, because uh, it, it, it just does. Uh, but here we are reminded that there is a God who made the sun and a God who orders the sun in its course, uh, as we read in Psalm 19. Um, Hezekiah is asked by the prophet Isaiah, Um, you have asked for a sign, God will graciously give you a sign that you will be healed, and in three days you will be strong enough to go and worship the living God, even there in the courts of the temple. Um, Hezekiah, do you want the shadow to go forward ten uh, steps or backward ten steps? And Hezekiah thinks, well, the sun is always moving forward, so it would be easier for it to go forward. It would be even more spectacular for God to demonstrate his power by the shadow going backward uh, ten steps. And so that's what the Lord granted at the cry of his prophet Isaiah. Isaiah cried to the Lord, and the Lord did this amazing miracle. Uh, We do not know the details of how God did this, uh, whether he uh, uh, stopped uh, the sun and reversed it, or whether it was the light that he changed. Um, We are not told, but what we do know is uh, that uh, uh, time uh, uh, went back. Uh, the light goes back up the steps. And we suppose that then it traveled back down those same steps as it had come. It was such a spectacular sign that even the people who lived in Babylon noticed uh, this event. Uh, It was something that didn't just take place there in uh, Jerusalem. And these envoys now are dispatched when they see this sign and they hear 
that it was associated with King Hezekiah being healed by his God. It is interesting to note that the Babylonians worshipped the sun as one of their many gods. And so this was especially uh, uh, captivating uh, to them. And so they come uh, bringing honor, uh, bringing gifts uh, to the king that the son had turned back uh, as a sign that he would be healed. Um, as we read in Second Chronicles chapter 32, verse 25, but Hezekiah did not make return according to the benefit done to him for his heart was proud. Instead of Hezekiah boasting about the Lord when these envoys came, uh, he is puffed up with foolish, wicked pride, and he boasts of his own splendor and glory, which he shortly before saw as nothing but a fleeting shadow before his very eyes. And now these envoys come with great gifts, and what does Hezekiah do? Hezekiah, in his pride and arrogance, boasts of everything but his God who had spared his life, his God who had done this amazing, miraculous sign of causing the sun to go back these ten steps. These envoys are shown the glory and the splendor of King Hezekiah and his wealth, his fame, his glory. He was puffed up with pride. Well, we read, he did not return according to the benefit done to him, for his heart was proud. Hezekiah had prayed to the Lord. He had wept bitterly. And God announced to him, Hezekiah, I'm going to add 15 years to your life. Scripture seems to indicate to us that uh, his son Manasseh, and you'll notice uh, when King Hezekiah died, uh, he now... It's 15 years, and so he would be 55, 54. And Manasseh was how old uh, when he began to reign? 12 years old. And so it was after Hezekiah had been healed uh, that the Lord blessed him with a son. It was after Hezekiah had been healed and Sadly, Manasseh, his son, uh, he is not going to walk uh, in humble uh, faith and trust in the Christ. He uh, will uh, be one of the most wicked kings uh, that Judah ever had. Uh, He, as we will see, 
uh, even offered some of his own uh, uh, children to the false god Molech, uh, even there in Jerusalem. Uh, Hezekiah is puffed up with pride. Uh, Hezekiah testifies of his own glory and not the glory of the God who made him and had rescued him and redeemed him and blessed him with all of these good things. Hezekiah is puffed up with pride. Well, uh, the Lord announces Hezekiah. Uh, the prophet Isaiah comes. Who visited you? What did you tell them? And Hezekiah now, he uh, uh, says, well, I showed them everything. Um, yes, he showed them everything but the honor and the glory of God. And so Isaiah now says, Hezekiah, uh, the Lord is uh, uh, going to remove all of your wealth. Uh, the king of Babylon will come uh, and carry all of these things away. Even some of your own sons will be carried away and serve the king of Babylon as eunuchs in his palace. Indeed, uh, the wrath of the Lord is upon you. Well, when Hezekiah hears this, we see indeed that uh, he is a godly man. When he is confronted uh, with his sin, he humbles himself for the pride of his heart. And that's what we read in verse 26 of our text. But Hezekiah humbled himself for the pride of his heart, both he and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, so that the wrath of the Lord did not come upon them in the days of Hezekiah. Then we have this uh, a summary, and we looked at it in greater detail uh, uh, before, particularly when we were looking at the tunnel, uh, the water uh, 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 conduit that uh, Hezekiah had built. Uh, but notice uh, the commentary that we have in verse 31 of our text. And so, in the matter of the envoys of the princes of Babylon who had been sent to him to inquire about the sign that had been done in the land, God left him to himself in order to test him and to know all that was in his heart. It is not that God didn't know what was in Hezekiah's heart, but Hezekiah he didn't realize the fickleness of his own heart. Hezekiah, for that short space of time, uh, is uh, left to himself. In other words, the Lord uh, says, Okay, Hezekiah, you think that you are this uh, wonderful king? Uh, here, I'm going to let you uh, uh, to yourself for, for just a moment. I will leave you to yourself. Here's what you really are, Hezekiah, left to yourself. Uh, a, a man who is full of self 
righteousness, a man who is full of arrogance and pride, a man who quickly forgets all that you have has come from the hand of the Lord. That you stand only by the grace of God. And what does Hezekiah learn? He learns, I'm nothing apart from the mercy of God. I have no hope apart from the saving mercy of Messiah. That is my hope. That God would cast my iniquities behind his back for the sake of the Lamb who would come in the fullness of time and shed his blood. Again, there is dispute about exactly what uh, this uh, is a, a reference to for Hezekiah to say, uh, uh, the word of the Lord is good uh, when uh, the prophet uh, tells him, well, this will not happen in your day because you have humbled yourself. Uh, is Hezekiah uh, uh, saying, Lord, uh, I, I deserve your judgment. I deserve your chastening. Uh, but Lord, uh, I submit to your word. And I am thankful that you have spared uh, me and uh, your people in this day because you'll notice uh, there in Verse 26, but Hezekiah humbled himself for the pride of his heart, both he and the inhabitants of Jerusalem. It wasn't just Hezekiah, uh, even the inhabitants of Jerusalem. But as we're going to see uh, next time in chapter 33, it was a very short-lived revival. It was a very short-lived reformation uh, for uh, just a short time later, uh, Manasseh, his son, is going to lead these very same people in great, gross idolatry against the living God and wicked practices uh, that are spine-tingling to read about. No, Hezekiah, uh, he did humble himself before the Lord. And for the rest of his days, he sought to give praise and thanks to God. And God impressed upon him this lesson. Hezekiah, you stand only by my grace. As we read over in 2 Kings chapter 20, we read in verse 16, then Isaiah said to Hezekiah, hear the word of the Lord. Behold, the days are coming when all that is in your house and that which your fathers have stored up till this day shall be carried to Babylon. Nothing shall be left, says the Lord. And some of your own sons who will come from you, whom you will father, shall be taken away. And they shall be eunuchs in the palace of the king of Babylon. Then Hezekiah said to Isaiah, The word of the Lord that you have spoken is good. For he thought, Why not if there will be peace and security in my days? What do we need to learn from this? Well, first of all, 
we, like King Hezekiah, are in need of God's grace. Oh, how we praise the Lord that he has his hand upon us, that he would not leave us to ourselves, uh, to go our own way, uh, to do our own thing. And those times when we do stumble and forget who we are and who he is, the Lord is reminding us, even in those times, like he taught King Hezekiah, how desperately we need the saving presence of our Lord. We need him to continually be giving us a heart to repent and believe in him. As we read in James chapter 1, Do not be deceived, my beloved brothers. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth that we should be a kind of firstfruits of his creatures. God warns us to not be deceived. Every good thing we have is from the Lord. In 1 Corinthians chapter 4, the Apostle Paul writing to uh, his people in Corinth, they had divided up into cheerleading squads uh, and were bickering among themselves. And one of the things he comes uh, uh, to them with is that, Who are you? And in verse 7, he says, For who sees anything different in you? What do you have that you did not receive? Hezekiah forgot that all of the riches that he had were just gifts from God. And he should have called Isaiah the prophet. Would you please preach the gospel to these envoys from Babylon. For of all the blessings that God has given to me, there is none more dear and more precious than to know the living God and to have the joy of going to meet him. Indeed, that is what uh, Hezekiah is, is brought to uh, uh, remember, and yet he quickly forgot it and is puffed up with pride. God told him, on the third day, you will be able to go to the temple to worship and to give praise to God. But oh, how temporary it was. No, it should have been throughout his life, including times when these envoys came. One of the things we need to learn from this is that when God blesses us with great success. We need to beg God for great grace, lest we stumble like King Hezekiah. I was riding with a dear friend of mine who is a, a, a farmer uh, in the delta of the Mississippi, and we were in his pickup truck riding through uh, his farm one day, and we were praying as we were riding. He was driving, and I was sitting there in the cab with him, and one of the things that he prayed was, he said, Lord, I pray that you would bless my fertilizer to work. 
I'd never heard anybody pray for their fertilizer. And so after we finished, I, I said to him, I said, I, I couldn't help but notice that you prayed for the Lord to bless your fertilizer. And he began to explain to me how cotton plants grow and how uh, their little root system uh, is, is vulnerable uh, to all kinds of diseases and to drought and that it is a very, very, very small window uh, for uh, temperature to be just right, for rain to come, and if fertilizer is applied either too soon or too late, it really doesn't uh, have much of an effect. Uh, but everything has to work just right. And, and I was fascinated. I didn't have any idea that it was so complex uh, how fertilizer works. And then he looked at me and he grinned and he said, besides that, if, if you had spent uh, a million and a half dollars uh, to purchase fertilizer, you'd probably pray for it to work too. And we laughed together. Uh, but another thing he prayed, I will never forget. He prayed, Lord, I pray that you would make me as prosperous as I can be and still be holy. He desired for the Lord to prosper him. But he said there's something more important than temporal prosperity. And it is to remember Almighty God. And that is what King Hezekiah forgot. And you young people, when God blesses you and you uh, make a good grade, what are you going to do? Are you going to preen your feathers uh, uh, like a bird and strut about? Or are you going to say, Lord, thank you for helping me to understand this material and to remember it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. You blessed me to make this good grade. Or if you don't make a good grade, Lord, have mercy on me and help me. You see, we ought to constantly be looking to God. And that's what Hezekiah forgot. And it is so easy for us to fall into this sin of pride. It's sneaky. It sneaks up on us. In 1 Peter chapter 5, the Lord says, Clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility toward one another, for God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Uh, when I was in a, a seminary, one of our preaching classes, uh, one of my classmates preached on this text. And I'll never forget him uh, saying, I want you to think about the hand of God. And God uh, is opposed to the proud. And he said, you do not want the fist of God to come down upon you. I thought, man, he's got a point. The fist of God. But he gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God. So that at the proper time he may exalt you. Casting all your anxieties on him. Because he cares for you. Be sober minded. Be watchful. Your adversary the devil prowls around like a roaring lion. Seeking someone to devour. 
Resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. And after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. To him be the dominion forever and ever. Amen. That's what we need to learn from King Hezekiah. That we depend upon God. Oh, may the Lord write that upon my heart and your heart. That we would not have to learn what's in our heart left to ourselves. God is good. We thank him for our food. You know that little child's prayer. God is great. God is good. And we thank him for our food. By his hand, we all are fed. Thank you, God, for daily bread. Every good gift, every perfect gift comes from where? From above. From the Father of life. You remember the lepers that Jesus met? You can read about it in Luke chapter 17. Ten lepers. Leprosy, a horrible disease. You couldn't be around people who were non-lepers. Think about it. You couldn't be with your family. You couldn't hug uh, your family. You couldn't eat with them. You couldn't live in the same house with them. You could only stay away. And by law, you had to cry out unclean and stay a a certain distance away. And these lepers, they had heard about Jesus and they cried out for mercy. And the Lord said, go and show yourselves to the priests according to the law of Moses. And they obeyed him. They still had leprosy when they left. And on the way, Jesus healed all ten of them. They no longer had leprosy. And nine of them continued on the way to be declared clean so that they could get on with life. Ah, but there was one who said, Yes, I'm looking forward to getting on with life, but there's something I must do before I go and present myself to be declared clean. He comes back and with a loud voice is shouting praise to God and he's leaping and jumping and he comes and bows before the Lord Jesus saying, thank you. And Jesus turns around and he says, how many were there? Oh yeah, there were ten. But the nine, where are they? Was there only one? And he's a foreigner who came back to give thanks. Don't forget King Hezekiah. Don't forget. Don't be puffed up with pride. Young people, if God has blessed you with gifts and abilities, give thanks to God and give yourself to Him and say, Lord Jesus, 
You're the one who has given me these gifts and abilities. Those of us who are older, if God has blessed you and prospered you, don't forget to come and give thanks to the Lord. There's a group of people over in Africa, and their uh, uh, euphemism or their expression for saying thank you is, my head is in the dirt to you. (laughs) I like that. My head is in the dirt to you. That's how they say thank you. And that's how we need to live. We need to live bowing before the Lord, saying, my head is in the dirt to you. You have showered your mercies upon me, an undeserving sinner. You've washed me in your precious blood. You've adopted me in your family. and You've showered upon me. And when the envoys of Babylon come, who will we boast about? Our Jesus. Amen. Let's pray. Father, please, please forgive us for the many times that we uh, would be just like Hezekiah. We have been at times, Lord. We've forgotten all about you. And you warn us to not be deceived, uh, to not be puffed up like Hezekiah was. And to think that it is by our own strength and our own ingenuity uh, that we have accomplished whatever it is. But we would be those who are quick to give you praise for our salvation, for all of the blessings you've given to us, for the, for the gifts, for the rescues uh, that you've showered upon us time after time after time. Uh, Lord God, we want to be like that one leper who was cleansed. Give us grace to do that, to live that. Even this week, Lord, and we love you and praise you because you're the God of our salvation. You're our good God. Bless now as we sing. In Jesus we pray. Amen.